Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Post and Black. My name is David Hunter Jr., and I'm so excited to have you with us for a special episode today. Today, we are excited to have none other than Braden French with us. Most recently, he worked on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion, a favorite of mine. He's worked on Project Runway, The Challenge on MTV, and Bad Girls Club. Braden, thank you so much for joining us today for Post and Black. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, man. Such a pleasure to be here. No, it's exciting to have you. It's great to have you, man. And, and before we always jump into the heavy stuff, we, we like to find out about our guests, a little bit about where they're from. So right. if you don't mind, uh, we're going to do an icebreaker and we're going to ask you this good. question. It's going to come up. Now, if you had to eat one meal, one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? All right. Um, I, you know, I haven't been asked this one probably since I was a kid, but uh, it's it's got to be barbecue. It's got to be barbecue, okay. and you gotta you gotta include everything with it. I want the ribs. I want the brisket. I want the macaroni. I want yeah. the little piece of bread. Um, <laughs> you know, why I want we, everything. Why we with give it. you one little piece of bread with the barbecue? There's just, yeah, like everything else. <laughs> you know, but you you said that with the barbecue, you include mm-hmm. all of that. Do you have a particular place that you like to go to for barbecue more than the other? I tell you, man, I am pre-COVID. I actually kind of tracked down the best barbecue places I could find in the in the whole country. And uh, I went on a whole barbecue expedition. I went to Memphis. I went to uh, Austin, Texas. I went to North Carolina. The only place I didn't get to go was Kansas City. And I I hear a lot of good things. So that was in the future. But my my favorite, I think, was Memphis. Memphis has a some what, really incredible barbecue. What what is the difference about the barbecue that that makes it seem better than others? You know what I mean that went from from your findings. Oh gosh. Um you know, well they all had their different specialties, I think. You know, Memphis does ribs which are probably my favorite. Um okay. you know, Texas does brisket. Um okay. North Carolina does kind of like this uh kind of like this pork pulled pork mixture thing and um and and they all have different bases too and uh, yeah. uh it, it all kind of depends on what you're going for but but memphis oh, is the one that really stuck with me we're going we this is going to be a post in black slash barbecue oh yeah <laughs> look i'm there <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting up here right now my mouth is watering I, people mm-hmm. if you're if there's people listening to us on spotify and on all the appropriate channels but those of you that are watching can see our reactions. We're getting really excited about this uh, this barbecue. I'm excited. I know what yeah. I'm doing after this, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> um, so obviously we find out about the barbecue and your expertise in that field. But can you tell the people a little bit about yourself, like where you're from and, and what, what are you doing now? Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, okay. right in the middle of the country. Uh, went to school there as well at the... Uh, University of Wisconsin and went to the film program. And in 2008, when I graduated, I came out uh, directly to L.A. and and kind of got right into it. Wow. Wow. OK. Now, now you you're from Wisconsin and you made a transition to Los Angeles. How was that mm-hmm. transition? That's a big amazing. Difference, right? It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Did you move I, I in the winter? Did you move in the wintertime? I, I, I moved in the summer, but the okay. winter before I left, it, it was it was probably one of the worst winters on record there for for years and years, for at least a decade. Um, I remember that winter, I had to, you know, sh- shovel my car out of snow more times than I ever remember doing it. Yeah. I, it, it was just crazy blizzards. I, I have not. I miss my family. Yeah. 
I, I don't miss nothing about <laughs> I, I don't miss nothing about it in the winter, especially right now. I think it's uh I think it's pretty bad right now. So yeah, it, you know it was a it was an okay transition. I, I hear that, man. You know, I'm I'm not originally from LA. I was I was born in Washington, DC, and my parents are from Philadelphia, and so that's where all mm. my family is. And so uh-huh. I know about the cold winters. And the thing I tell them, I, I didn't come to LA for the weather, but mm-hmm. being here has yeah. made me not think about the weather. And and what I what oh, I mean yeah. about that is right. like I get I get up and I put on clothes and then I go outside and I'm like, oh, it's it's a little chilly. But I'm not like, uh-huh. what's it right. going to be? <laughs> That's never right. <laughs> well, you know what I always say is um a lot of times when so when I was living in Wisconsin, you know, you go on a little trip somewhere, you you know, we would go to Florida every now and then or mm-hmm. somewhere else and you know, you get outside when you arrive at some destination. It's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then when you leave, it's like, oh, man, I'm leaving this. And, and you, yeah. you know, I, I know when I get home to Wisconsin, it's just gray sky and cold. I'm like, dang. But now when I come home from a flight, it, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I live here. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I man. I got to be worried about nothing. Oh, we're not, yeah. we not tripping at complain. all. Can't <laughs> yeah, no, can't I did it. I did it long enough to appreciate it now. Yeah, I, and I mm-hmm. hear that. That's what you say. You appreciate where you come from. Now, mm-hmm. you made a transition to Los Angeles, but you said you studied film in college. Was that the main yeah. sole reason that you moved to L.A.? And what, what particular <clears throat> area in film were you studying? Um, it was kind of a, a big general um, film. It was film, radio, TV, okay. communication arts. That was that was the track. And it was very general um, in terms of you know, there were film studies, there were production classes, there were editing classes, there were all kinds of things, but but there was not really anything you could specialize in mm-hmm. outside of, you know, whatever you took interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my favorite stuff in there was the production classes. I love doing yeah. those. And one of the years we had a guest professor, uh, her name was uh, Julie, can't think of her last name off the yeah. top of my head, but um, she, uh, she was a documentary editor and she put on a special editing class that I took maybe my junior year, I want to say. And, uh, I was so into it. I didn't know when I left, uh, Wisconsin or even when I got to LA that I wanted to edit, but I did know how much I loved editing. I thought I was going to be on set. So when I initially got out here, I did a I did a ton of set work. I did a lot of PAing. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it was pretty much all PAing. A little yeah. bit of like second ADing, um, but I really kind of gravitated towards post. I mean, I I always felt like that's where I had the most fun. So, wow. um, and that's that's where I had the most passion. So I I just kind of followed that. Wow, um, wow. Well, that, I mean, that's that's obviously the reason why we have you here as a uh, on Post and mm-hmm. Black to talk about the post production. But that's a that's a very unique story to kind of say you didn't start out in it, but you, you gravitated towards it. Yeah. That seems like there was a sort of a, a bug or a passion that you had about it that, you know, oh, yeah. what, I guess my, my question to you would be what made it stand out to you more so than the other facets of the industry at the time? Um, I mean, you know, I could tell that in all kinds of ways. I, even when I initially uh, went to college, I went for computer engineering. I didn't even get into film until my, the, the second half of my sophomore year. Uh, but, you know, I think it really started in kind of high school uh, mm-hmm. doing 
I don't know how I got away with some of this stuff. I, I would, instead of writing English papers, I did yeah. videos and I did, uh, I, I did stuff like that. I, I even did it for a, a calculus course. I don't, I don't yeah. know why they accepted that, but I kind of figured out this theory that some teachers, I, I mean, they, they read the same things every day. They grade the same yeah. things every day. So I was like, well, let me give it a little bit of a creative twist and give them something yeah. a little different and yeah. show that I still understand the content. I still understand what they want mm-hmm. me to do generally in a paper, but let me present it totally different. different. And some teachers, I think, appreciate that. Not all of them did, of course, no, but I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, my posting black was originally started by my brother who who really got into post and editing and, and sound mm-hmm. design and all of that. And I, I came from the side of being an actor and a writer. And my my thing in, in high school was, you know, writing my papers or writing something for English in a funny way. And right. and some of my teachers were like, You're so creative. And then some of my teachers made me eat lunch by myself. Right. <laughs> they were like, you're trying to show me up. And I was like, uh-huh. my, my geometry teacher thought this was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you get a mix. But yeah, I, I think it was really there where I developed this, you know, shooting and all that was really fun. But I loved it when I was in the room putting it together. And mm-hmm. that carried through uh from high school into my college courses where i would love shooting but i really found myself enjoying those nights where i'd be in the in a little edit closet uh you know for for 10 hours in a day putting together this story and just configuring different ways to yeah tell a story basically it 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 really sang to me that's that's fire and that's that's a really that's a really great connection and kind of visual that you put there. Now mm-hmm. you you're here and obviously you're working in production and then you see that you have that that kind of bug for editing, but yeah. it, having a bug for something and getting into it are two sure. different things. What was sure. kind of the doorway or the connection that got you into it to get some jobs working in that field? It, it's kind of twofold. So I think the one that really worked out. So the the standard kind of one is I, you know, I I came out and I was doing internships Mm -hmm. and one of the internships helped connect me with this company, Buna Murray, who does a lot of reality TV. And so I started logging for Buna Murray on the real world. Uh, I think it was Mm -hmm. the real world Brooklyn. Okay. But the, the other side of it that I think really kind of swung me was also at almost at the same time when I initially came in and I was doing a lot of those PA gigs because mm. I, I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to wedge myself. I was talking to one of the first ADs about it, it was a Disney shoot. It was some kind of Disney commercial and it, he was the only brother on the set. It, it was just wow. him. And so, we, you know, naturally we kind of gravitated towards each other and he would uh, his name was Austin Daver, and he's still a, a great friend of mine. And he asked me what I wanted to do and and what I was here for and everything. And we got to talking, and you know, I told him I'm not. I I, I just I came out to make movies, but I do find that I really love the editing part. And he said, "Well, you know, I'm shooting a short in two three weeks. I I have an editor, but I'm willing to." let you take a stab at it just so I can see what you're capable of. Cause maybe I connect you with some people. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, put me on that. So we ended up working together on that. And uh, it was cool. We, I went on set while he was shooting it. I don't know if he ever had somebody else edit it or not. But, you know, when I handed it over, he was like, oh, yeah, okay, we can work together. And so that turned into a, a, a functioning relationship where we kept doing shorts together and he would, as he AD'd on different sets and uh, also did production management on different sets, uh, he would, you know, toss my name in the hat a little bit. And on one of those occasions, he was doing like a, a, a kind of a pitch documentary for Bill Duke, the, uh, the actor yeah. and director. Amazing. And so I started cutting things for Bill Duke and, you know, it, it really kind of took off from there. So I was doing my day job at this company, uh, logging, but, mm-hmm. uh, on the side, I was cutting shorts and, and little documentary shorts and, and just kind of building my resume there. That's, that's awesome. And, and, and it's usually, it's, it's a common theme in our episodes when we talk to so many different people working in Post and Black, that it usually, it's one other person. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh yeah, it yeah. was a group. It's like, oh man, Absolutely. it's brother. Oh, it was this only other person. Absolutely. And so that connection. And then if people don't know who Bill Duke is, IMDB, look him up, mm-hmm. Wikipedia, yeah. one of, one of a legend. A big player. One of a legend, a big player. Yeah. Very, very helpful and very giving. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 amazing and and does a lot of stuff for black students. Exactly. So now you have that relationship with Bill Duke and you're doing some of this and you're I would imagine some of the jobs are picking up and gaining Mm -hmm. in content. Is your name getting out there more? Are you still finding? Oh, yeah. 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 Like how how is that working? I think once I connected with with Bill Duke, there was a new you know, a legitimacy, if you want to say that. Yeah. And he started introducing me to his other uh, filmmaking friends. And uh, one of the things that actually happened is he and another director, Chan Berry, uh, they had been talking, I guess, for a while about doing a documentary called Dark Girls. And mm-hmm. at the time, it was just supposed to be a sizzle. Uh, they had shot a few interviews with friends on you know on like handy cams and they just gave me a ton of footage they gave me like 50 hours of footage of just them kind of going place to place and and interviewing people and we they just wanted me to put together like a 10 minute sizzle Mm -hmm. and uh so i i put it together over the course of a few weeks and it it ended up getting a ton of traction uh we put it out on social media uh this was 2010 i want to say yeah, uh maybe yeah, 2011 yeah. Mm-hmm. and we put it out on social media and it it blew up it it essentially went viral which mm-hmm. none of us expected and we were just getting calls left and right and we had actually gotten a call from the head of the toronto international film fest who wow. was like he he called bill directly and he was like i want to premiere this at the at the film fest we're like <laughs> okay that's excellent <laughs> Now we got to make a movie because yeah, we got to make a movie. Yeah. So yeah, so we um, we scrambled and we did it, and it was uh, it was, I think, it it did a lot of the things we wanted it to do, and and had a lot of conversations that we wanted to have, and I think from that point on, I became a little bit more of a serious documentary editor, while at the same time working uh, working my way up 
in the reality ranks over at Buna Murray until I became um, an editor there as well. And so yeah. these these things kind of coincided. No, no. Can, can you talk about that? Because that that first of all, that story is just powerful, and how when you do the work, it's also inspiration. When you do the work, mm -hmm. you set out. You know, you guys weren't setting out to do anything like, oh, this is going to be an Oscar winning film. This is mm -hmm. gonna be you set out. We want to tell this story. We want to make a yeah. good project, and it got the recommendation. That's that's encouragement to others. Yeah. But for you, can you explain the difference? Because you're you're doing documentary, you're doing reality. Mm -hmm. And you were doing scripted, you know, mm -hmm. what's the difference in terms of editing and the kind of hats that you have to put on to do all three? Yeah, they're, they're, they're all really different animals. And, you know, right now I'm doing American Horror Story, so I'm in the scripted lane now. Yeah. So it, it's it's it is very different hats. Um, and they're all connected in the way that they're all, you know, I think it. If as an editor, you see editing as storytelling and that's your primary drive, then you know, you're, you're already doing well in the game and you can kind of go between these different mediums, but they all have totally different demands. They have totally different audiences and totally yeah. different approaches. And, you know, one of the, I, I think it's a little easier to put scripted and kind of doc reality in, in very different categories. Mm -hmm. I, I've been telling people, I think it's all making art, but, it, but it's different types of art. And I think of scripted as uh painting you you have yeah. this canvas and and you're you're painting whatever it is you're painting uh but it's right. it's it's a very creative very careful um thing that you're you're putting you're laying all you're laying this story out on canvas mm -hmm. and you're depicting the emotion you're depicting the I, I don't know the way the audience is going to consume that story i think of doc and reality more as sculpting, uh, okay. where you get this big giant hunk of clay that's all this footage, you know, 50 hours of footage, yeah, 300 hours of footage, and, and you're chiseling it into yeah. this form that, that people can see and then take from it whatever they're going to take. Yeah. Um, but it, in terms of doc and reality, I mean, yeah, even those are different too, because yeah. they're, they're serving two completely different functions. and. Right. You know, I think my heart has always been in documentary because I I don't I don't know of a better way to get people to focus in on a subject, mm. like really lock into it and then talk about it afterwards. I think yeah. doc is such a such a powerful medium that I, I think it's hard to I mean that's why I think that's why they're getting so popular yeah. in the last few years is because even more it's tough. such a good way to reach people and and people talk about them afterwards people yeah. there's, they're there's not such, the it's such yeah. a connection not to cut you off sorry but it's such a connection that you have as an audience like i could go Absolutely. into it not knowing anything about the subject matter right. and watch the doc and say man i want to learn more about that you Absolutely. know what i mean like it's something that's empowering Absolutely, people get connected with them i mean uh, you know i think that's what i'm most proud of with dark girls is it it created this it it helped to create another lane for us to talk about colorism in the black community. And it, you know, it was, it's a very, very delicate topic. It but, is. You know, I think with documentary, unlike with reading it, if you can see these women who are affected by these things actually speak about it and you, you see their face, you hear their emotion. It, it just connects on a different level 
mm-hmm. than just reading it or just uh, you know the stories from friends and friends. Right. It it, it really connects. And then yeah. you know reality is reality can go any which way, yeah. but a lot of times reality is for fun and and yeah. for uh, consumption. And the approach there is totally different, and the networks are totally different. So it, you really it, wear a different hat on all of it. There's some there's so many different hats you touched on and 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 it's it's a really it's a really grand landscape of of things and so somebody coming into it not knowing anything about you know the post production world or knowing the differences it's really a lot to dive into and I think it's exciting and it's something because it's like hey there's room for me there's many different options I can go mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about because you talked about having that Bill Duke connection and obviously you've been in this game for many years now you're working on American Horror Story now but a show that you did which pretty much you know everybody is probably still talking about maybe watching over and over um <laughs> most recently edited the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion yeah. how was it being asked to get that how did that project come about for you to get that gig and then how was it working on something that's such a such a classic that means so much to oh, so many man. people yeah that that was really exciting that was yeah. very exciting uh it it came about essentially the same way everything comes about, it, it was through networks, through mm-hmm. people I've worked with before that reached out to me and said, hey, we are looking for, I mean, on that one, it was a uh, uh, producer who had reached out to me that I had worked with years prior, and mm-hmm. they were looking for editors and just wondered if I was interested in it. And, you know, at this point, yeah. I, you know, I think networks are so, so, so critical in post, I think any... Mm-hmm any production related thing it's people look to not only what have you done before but what have you done with them and can yeah. they trust you to get it done because everything just moves so quickly and mm-hmm. you really you really got to trust people and so trust this was a producer yeah. who right so this is a producer who trusted me and reached out to me and asked if I was interested i said yeah i'm I interested asked, I, was like, I was like was it was it a lot of pulling that they have to do to get you because I, I would imagine it was a little bit yeah yes but it was a little pulling it, it was it was a little pulling because i had never worked with the director before i had only yeah. worked with that producer so she was vouching for me alone um uh, mm-hmm. but yeah when i came in it was uh i i don't i don't even have words for how amazing it was to see the set to see mm-hmm them come back together i mean this was so much of my childhood and so much of everybody's childhood yeah. so the pressure was on too because yeah, yeah. it was like we got to do well at this <laughs> we can't drop the ball on right this thing that everybody watched and remembers and and has like meaningful memories of right. so you know fortunately that cast um you know they they don't need a lot of work they're yeah. fantastic together i mean they could have aired that show just straight up what they shot, put it yeah. on TV, and it would have been good. wildly entertaining. So yeah, how, yeah, how I was, was very that? fortunate to work on that. No, that that's that's great. And you you talk about something too, like you. It's great to get the editing job and to get recommended for something, but then what comes with that is pressure. So the bigger yeah. the job, the more pressure. Yeah. So now it's like, not a, you're not just editing. You know, not no disrespect. You're not editing somebody's short film anymore. Right. You're editing. You know. Right. Like, Smith and is this do you have to interact with Will? Is he coming to check out the dailies and saying, nah, I don't like that, I'll change that? You know, how is that working? Well, you know, since it was COVID, we weren't in the office, it was gotcha. all from home. So exactly. I think where normally we would have had that kind of interaction, it was limited to um, you know, email, email. Zoom yeah. sessions, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean that just just like you said, I mean the pressure is 
tremendous. There's there's a huge difference between somebody's family and friends watching something and, you know, potentially millions of people watching something. Right. And not only just watching it for entertainment, but, you know, also looking to reconnect with yeah. parts of, of their own past and, and yeah. stories that might be interlinked. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even my wife has these memories of Fresh Prince that are linked with her own personal memories. And I think yeah. that's the story of a lot of people. So yeah. you you have the pressure of making sure that you're correctly paying homage to that stuff right. and, and, and doing it respectfully. That's big. That's big. I want to I want to kind of go pivot from that to you talking about pressure. Now, mm-hmm. you're, you're a black man working in the field where we're starting to see a lot more uh, people from various groups. But how was it for for a black man working in this industry? Um, because the jobs that you may get may come from other people who look like you. Mm-hmm. But is there a respect factor that you feel is equal between other races or how, how was it navigating the space now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think I, I here's what I'll say. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot easier navigating this industry as a black man than it is as a as a black woman. Just mm. all my conversations with black women who edit, uh, they they have so many extra layers that they got to deal with that I don't. Mm. And you know, do you and, and you, do they share any of those with you? What are some oh, yeah. of like, oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think they, they come in all kinds of forms. The one I usually tell people about is if I have a creative disagreement with a director or producer, I can say it. I can talk about it. We can we can argue about it. Yeah. Uh, a black woman does not get that luxury in in many cases. In many cases I've seen, they get the difficult label as mm. soon as as soon as there's a disagreement. And in this field, there are going to be disagreements. There are a lot of politics. There's a lot of, you know, ego. Mm -hmm. And people, we're all trying to tell a story, but there's no one way to tell a story. And so I've seen it where uh, Black female editors have, you know, regular regular standard disagreements, but they get the label that they're difficult to work with or that they're not a team player or, you know, this and that. And it comes down to pay too, like where it's a lot more difficult to ask for a fair rate mm-hmm. because if you get labeled, you know, mad black woman or, or yeah. anything, anything, thing. yeah, yeah, you're, you're out, you're out. And, and so I think as a black man and as a light skinned black man, it's, mm-hmm. It's difficult in that we're not, none of us are represented in these, on these edit teams. I've been on, you know, 20 person edit teams where I'm the only person of color on there. I'm one of two. And that's not weird to anybody, but like when, when we did our Kelly and there was uh, four of us, five of us, that was weird to everybody. Everybody's like, why are you hiring all these black people? It's like the, the, (laughs) the, it's the, the difference is crazy. It's yeah. it's crazy, you know. Even as a, as a as a filmmaker, creative actor, when you're in a project and you see it, you know, there's two actors in a, mm-hmm. in a high profile uh, a film, and there's two black people. It's like okay, that that's our two, and then, then yeah. you got like the right. waiter. Right? But if it's like three main leads of the black, you know, it's like oh, that's a black movie, and it's they uh-huh. like exactly. credited automatically. There's no exactly. validation that's given. And that's it's crazy to see that it's not just in front of the camera, it's behind mm-hmm. the scenes too. It's behind. It's wow. everywhere. Yeah. Wow. It's everywhere. 
before before we we let you go, I would ask to this question: What would you feel like are still some of the changes that need to happen in in the post production industry to continue to move things forward? I think the biggest thing I, I talked about a little earlier. I think the biggest thing is is networks. Um, mm-hmm. Networks get you everywhere. It's it's like you said that one person can get you everywhere you're going. I can link my entire career to one person wow. who. You know, if I didn't meet him, I don't know. I don't even know if I'd be an editor. I mean, I think I would, mm-hmm. but I don't know which job I'd get here and there. And I think that that's how it works in so many facets where um, if you don't get in these doors, it, it it took forever to get into some of the doors I got in mm. that I would have gotten in, I'm sure, if I was in the regular white boys club where yeah. they introduce everybody and and you're coming to the functions but if you never get your face seen in the door and you never have those conversations with producers and executives you're not going to get those jobs and so i think the biggest thing that we can and should do and that i think we're starting to do especially this year but we need to keep pushing it is to uh bring people with us Mm whenever we get in those doors and and make sure they're getting the FaceTime with the people who hire and the people who make the the producers, the people who make those decisions. If if you get into a door, you got to bring the next person with you and you got to get them in front of people. And so I think the change is going to be how we're networking. Uh, And I think, you know, all these things, Post in Black, uh, Ujima, all all these groups are really great for getting us familiar with each other mm-hmm. and opening doors and pushing through. And I, I think that's where it's going to, where, where the fight is going to be at. No, no, that's, that's, that's well said. And I, I agree with you totally. So, you know, I'm not even going to, I'm going to let you drop the mic. I don't need to get another mic. <laughs> you, know I mean? you, you say a great point. I'm going to leave it there. Um, Brady, this is a, this has been amazing. I really appreciate you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank um, you. Where, where can the people follow, find you and stay in tap with you? And, and, and what do you have that you're working on that people should be on the lookout for? Uh, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm Braden underscore. I'm on Twitter. I'm uh, mm-hmm. just Braden, I think, on there. I can use my name for things. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's kind of fun feature of my name. All tweets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm working on an American Horror Story right now. That's real fun. I also... Uh, uh, just worked on a doc about Ferguson that's coming out, uh, I believe, in the summer. Okay. And yeah, look, look out for both. I, I got a, a movie coming out with. Uh, I, I, I got a bunch of stuff in the on yeah. deck. But we're gonna we're gonna stay tapped in with you, and we truly appreciate. It. I think some people are gonna be uh be impacting impacted by this episode for sure. So thank you again. Fantastic. Thank um, you so much for having yeah, me. So. Not a problem. Thank you all again for tuning in to another episode of Post and Black. Make sure you subscribe, like us on YouTube, Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and stay up to date with everything that's going on with Post and Black. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Post and Black. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at Post and Black. And to see exclusive video footage of our Post and Black interviews, make sure you subscribe to our Made for More YouTube channel. This has been a Made for More Entertainment production in collaboration with Sujali Productions and Trailblazer Studios. Until next time, remember to tip your bartenders, feed your actors, and always salute your post crew. Peace.